Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Let's talk about alliteration. One particular author said, How will people ponder the beauty of our Lord if they are thinking about the cleverness of the preacher? It's a good question. Very good question. And for those of you who don't know, using the same letter over and over in your main points is called alliteration. Okay, preacher's outline or his list of his main points might look something uh, like this. Uh, Jesus was praying to God, Luke 5.16. Jesus was preaching of God, Luke 5.17a. Jesus was powered by God. He was present as God. Jesus was passionate like God. Uh, Jake, the preacher, passed out unlike God from exhaustion trying to think up of so many P words. <laughs> okay, alliteration has become very popular in the practice of preaching. It's in the pulpit. Um, but let's ask the question, should it be avoided? Uh, maybe you're a fervent alliterator. Um, maybe maybe you're such an, uh, an alliterator, you're, you're, you're no longer an alliterator, you're, you're an obliterator. And so, um, let's, just for the sake of argument, um, let's give seven reasons uh, why, we, why we probably shouldn't, or maybe we should uh, move on uh, from alliterating our, our particular preaching. Uh, let's, let's be the devil's advocate just in this lesson here. Number, number one, Jesus didn't teach this way, uh, nor did the prophets, nor did the, the disciples. And so that, that reason alone may be enough. Um, that it wasn't done that way. Uh, and in adding to this fact that none of us ever talk in this way, um, that it's, it's something that's catchy, it's like a, it's like a rhyme, uh, we don't talk this way in everyday life, and so that may be enough for you, you know, not to, that Jesus didn't alliterate, and we don't talk in alliteration, so why, why should we preach in alliteration? Aren't we trying to reach our, reach our people? Aren't we trying to connect with our people? Um, and so this, this, as I said, this podcast is just looking at that. Should I use alliteration? And you may be a big proponent. You may not. But I just kind of, I want to look at preaching from all kinds of points. So number one, Jesus didn't. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't say we shouldn't, but just something to consider. Number two, alliteration can draw attention uh, to the cleverness of the preacher, as is the quote. Um you know, as a teacher shares his alliterated points, preacher goes through those things, people often sit there and they may think, you know, as Owen Wilson would say, wow, 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 you know, that, that this, is a, this is something that's cool and all those words start with the same letter and that's amazing and I wonder how he thinks of those and how many hours did it take. Well, you really don't want to know. And is that really what you want people thinking over and over while you're trying to exalt this big God that we talked about yesterday? That, that you want people to think about how clever you are and how catchy you are and how, uh, you know, years ago there was a marquee sign out in front of the buildings, and, and some still are, where they have to put some kind of cleverly, cleverly quote uh, to get people uh, in the building as if, as if tricks and dogs and ponies are, are what's going to win people to Jesus. Anyway, get off the tomato crate. But is that what you want people thinking, is that you're clever, that you know how to, you know how to alliterate? Our supreme goal in preaching and in teaching is to glorify God, and it's not to appear clever. Now, 
how will people realistically ask this question? How will they ponder the beauty of our Lord if they're thinking that, man, you're just a humdinger of a preacher? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that we that we have to um, go up there and, and look look like um, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or somebody who hasn't put enough time and attention. And you can't help what people think, regardless of how you preach. But just for the sake of devil's advocate alliteration, should we, should we not? Uh, let's just have a statement of should we not. It can draw attention to you and to the cleverness of you. Number three. Uh, well, let me let me back up. Before I go to number three, and we're talking about drawing attention to the, to the preacher here. Um, you may have somebody say something like, man, that's great how you got all those words to start with. You know, P, as we said, or S, or J, or whatever it is. And that, that can begin to change um, our belief and our thinking. Somebody may tell you something like that, and, and, and if somebody come up and said that to me, as somebody who just is cautious of how they put things out and cautious of how they exalt God, I don't, I, I'm thinking to myself, just, just for the sake of clarity, that he, he may, he or she may seem more impressed with me than with what the Bible had to say. And that's a very horrifying thing to think. You don't want people following you. You're pointing them to Jesus. I mean, it goes back to John. Uh, John 3 and verse 30, where, where he said to his own disciples, He must increase, but I must decrease. By the way, let me put in this proud dad moment, okay? I've got a five-year-old little boy named Stone. He and I doing our little Bible time um, just last, just uh, just last yesterday, last night, and we're watching this particular cartoon called Superbook, and it's Bible based, and they tell Bible stories, and it's it's practical, and so this one particular episode is about John, John the Baptizer, and so you know the situation, Matthew fourteen, you know he gets locked up, and you know he's going to be, you know, um, beheaded, and so it's over. Stone's sad, but he sees that good comes from that and he's just a, a sober moment for this little five-year-old god willing he'll be six in march and i asked him as as i do with all of the studies that we do i said stone what what caused him to be beheaded and out of his five-year-old mouth he said the truth and it just it tore me up <laughs> as a dad as I'm trying my best to raise my boy in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and I'm trying to give him to Jesus and point him to Jesus, and to hear him say something like that, it does a daddy's heart good. So just a side plug, um, our kids are listening, and they're, they're, they're picking up more than we're putting down, so just keep throwing it on them, daddies. So as I said, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. John the baptizer didn't want to draw attention to himself, and the truth got him in trouble. Number three, the people that you are teaching may think uh, that it's so clever, that it's so catchy, that it's so um, like a, a newspaper article that you that you may be borrowing material. Um, maybe more than one occasion, maybe you're teaching, maybe you're preaching, that something is alliterated, and somebody come up and ask you, where did you get these points? And, and they may ask you, did you come up with that outline all by yourself? And, and knowing knowing that that may be an honest question that they're having um you know you you don't have an advanced uh double doctorate in communication 
And so they're thinking, well, he must have borrowed his points from his materials from somewhere. And if you alliterate your points, your listeners may be suspicious, uh, wondering the same thing. Does he really study or does he just get his messages from some sermon website on Saturday night that he cooks up in the microwave? God forbid that people think that we are just cut-and-paste sermon makers who do not love and who do not interact with God's Word personally. So it could be the case that they're thinking a lot, that, that you're, this is too catchy and too routinish that you're getting it off the Internet. Number four, alliteration, it, it really isn't that helpful in aiding people's memories. Um, one one may maybe I guess we would say one number one reason why some teachers and preachers uh, try to alliterate is that their point um, their points are maybe easier. They believe that the aids uh, that they're doing all the letters repeat that that's going to aid the listener's memory. Uh, in other words, that the alliteration helps people remember the main points of the teaching, and that may be one of the reasons that you you know alliterate or that I may alliterate. Um, but think about this for a moment. Thinking about the effectiveness of alliteration, that I I could not remember. Uh, me just me personally, any any of the outlines that I have ever heard that were alliterated, and, and you may you may have you may you may know, and but I can hardly remember any of my own studies that I have alliterated. And so it may be catchy, and it may catch on for the hour, but realistically, if it's a song and hat dance trick, and it's kind of gimmicky, and kind of cheesy, and kind of elementary, maybe we're selling the brethren short. Uh, that's just me, just thinking about this in the long run. Uh, number five, alliteration can discourage potential preachers. There's going to be men, and for teachers, there's going to be women. Uh, that are sitting there who are, are amongst your listeners who are considering helping out with, um, you know, a children's ministry. Uh, they're looking to start a Bible study in their home uh, at their work. Um, and, and when they hear your sermon that's just brimming with all sorts of cleverness and, and rhymes and alliterated points and uh, deathbed story in a poem and, you know, that's that sort of thing, they're, they may be thinking... <laughs> I could never come up with that kind of outline, and so I, I must not—I must not be well equipped for this. Maybe this isn't my thing because I'm not that creative. And so your alliteration—if you're not careful—it it can discourage other people in the field uh, who are looking for just simple harvest. Uh, maybe maybe it's the case that your your show—and I don't want to use that in in an irreverent way for those of us who do use alliteration. But for those of us who do it, we need to be careful that it can potentially discourage people who just aren't that witty. Number six, alliteration, if we're not careful, can tempt us to twist the actual text if we're not careful. If you got four points and you have managed to alliterate um, with the letter M, let's just say, what happens when you come to the fifth point, and no matter how hard you try, there is not a M word that works. And so the temptation will be to de-emphasize or to emphasize something that is or is not there. 
So in order to make the outline work, this is, this is not the way, um, realistically, to handle God's Word. So just be careful. And then number next, seven, uh, alliteration takes up realistically valuable time, unless you're just on top of, top of it, unless you're just super witty and super clever. Uh, thinking at points that start with the same letter, that's going to take time, time that could be better spent in prayer, time that could be better spent in studying the text, uh, time spent with people who you're going to preach to and give them something on Sunday or Wednesday. And so for these reasons, I would say just simply um, just avoid alliteration uh, or just to consider that uh, as you're preaching. Um, sometimes it's good to, to rechange and to reshape yourself. And if you've been using alliteration for years, uh, just just reinvent yourself. Uh, start over. Uh, start start preaching you know expositionally. Uh, and so just go down that road. Alliteration is it a problem? Uh, not necessarily, but it can be. So I just want to raise awareness that we just need to be cautious. Gauge your audience if they're if they're just brimming with with love for that. Um, maybe they're falling more in love with you than than they are with God. I'm not saying that they are, but it's something to consider as you're preaching and teaching. So, um, God be with you in your preaching, in your teaching. Um, try not to be too clever. Uh, try not to be just song and dance kind of fella, or or um, or, or guy or gal um, as you're teaching. Um, so just be careful, be cautious. Uh, as I said, God be with you in your preaching.